This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, co-founder and CEO of Visionary Wealth Advisors. And today I've got Kelsey uh, Sharon with me. Kelsey, how you doing? I am doing so well. How are you, Brett? I am great. It's uh, it's an honor to get to interview you. You got a lot of good stuff cooking. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're trying. That's all we can That's do. That's right. You're coming to us from Canada. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. I'm a West Coast girl. Okay. Very nice. Uh, very yeah. nice. The uh, founder of Lululemon is from Vancouver. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> he was on the podcast maybe a year or so, maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. Chip? But, uh, Chip yeah, was? Chip. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. We know him out here. I mean, he's. It's so funny because he's completely changed the culture of of athletics, and it's interesting to see somebody like that come from a similar area that we're in because we all we hear about is this fancy house up on you know and how how much money it's worth this year instead of right. Year. And yeah. I'm like, bro, I don't I don't care about your house. But yeah. I will wear the hell out of your pants. I will wear your clothes. That's exactly yes, right, sir. That's awesome. Well, uh, so for the people that may not know who Kelsey is, why don't you give us a little lay of the land? We're going to talk about Brass and Unity. It's a company that you founded. It's also now a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You were on the front lines in Afghanistan uh, with the Canadian military. Uh, came back, had the post-traumatic stress, uh, just a lot of stuff going on. And I, I love what you're doing with it now, but you didn't just wake up here and, and get to feel happy and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so let's, let's kind of talk about some of that, the backstory. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a brief overview. I'll make it as, as tight-knit as I can. Um, I, I come from a background of that never-quit attitude from my parents, and that kind of carried me through. Um, I was a professional fighter. Uh, taekwondo fighter for the majority of my life, um, a second degree black belt. Uh, I believe in martial arts wholeheartedly and believe the di- discipline that it provides when you're a young child and moving into your teenage years. And then I fortunately, I consider fortunately, got to join the Canadian military and uh, deployed to Afghanistan. While I was there, I was borrowed by other NATO countries and was put on the front lines with uh, multiple, you know, very influential wow. infantry units. And I was so thankful to get to meet those guys and work with those guys. Um, But unfortunately due to that circumstance, I did sustain an injury that was career ending. And um, it's been a road from that point on. It was really got to the point where art therapy needed to, needed to take off, something needed to take off. And when art therapy came in due to my doctor kind of suggesting it, even though he knew it would be an absolutely ridiculous request for me to do art therapy, you know, it gave me an outlet again. And that outlet, I found to be something that was not only fruitful for my mental health, but I realized I could really do something with this if I put the effort in and and educated myself on how to grow a company and, and how to do these things. And I was very fortunate enough to have a husband who is also a retired supercross professional racer who then became an inventor and invented a neck brace that prevents cervical spine injury. That's now the safest brace in the world 
grow a company and then teach me everything he's learned. Um, mm -hmm. So this isn't completely like on my own. I mean, I've totally had a support system that's been within the business community and they were able to educate me. I've got that. Uh, what, what do they say that that, you know, educate as you learn uh, while you're working? <laughs> you the just school kinda, hard knocks learning, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I got a full on education with that. And then, uh, you know, you know, what are we five years in March? We started on the kitchen table, um, banging on doors, selling, just getting any appointment I could get, telling my story and um, hoping that people would not only fall in love with what I'm trying to do to help others, but then hopefully fall in love with the fact that I have a story to tell that hopefully can be beneficial for yeah. others. Yeah. So what, when you, when you say brass and unity, obviously I've been on your website, it's phenomenal mm. stuff, what you're Thank doing, you. but, but share with our listeners kind of what is brass and unity and then why, mm -hmm. like why jewelry? Oh yeah. Weird question. Right. I know. I, I wish I had like a really amazing, incredible answer <laughs> to be like, I had this epiphany, but truly it was, it, it came out of uh, this need to stop, this need to not want to kill myself every day as blunt and like harsh and absolutely as raw as that is, it's what happened. And I got to a point where suicide was on my mind so regularly that my doctor was like sitting in a house is not conducive to your mental health, but I know we can't, you can't go out. And I know that you are struggling to travel or you're struggling to go places. And when you do, it's triggering and it's not well. So why don't we talk about something you can do at home, get a bunch of stuff, start playing, whether that's paints, whether that's crayons, whether that's fucking Lego, I don't care how old you are, whatever will work to keep your brain moving, keep your hands busy. And then we'll see what comes from it. I happen to hear about crystals because I live in British Columbia and everybody loves crystals out here, yoga pants and the mountains. So I wanted to learn what those were because in my mind, somebody said crystals helped them with their, with their anxiety. And I was like, oh my God, I was at the point, anybody, anything that might right. work, give it, just You're give in. it all. You're all in. I'm all in. You could have told me that if I, if I licked a frog every day, my PTSD would be gone. I would have a crate of frogs every morning licking these frogs because that's how much I needed relief. Like it was that obscene. And then I spent a day building jewelry and um, sat in the same spot from like seven to five, didn't move, didn't brush my teeth, didn't eat, but didn't also think about suicide. So this was a win. Right, and then a huge just, win. A huge win, exactly. So then I kind of took that, you know, and my husband was like, well, I think you kind of have something here. Is this something you think you would want to do? And I said, well, I'm not really allowed to work because they think if I'm around people, it won't be good. <laughs> but I, I really want to do something that I know can help my community. And that is whether that be through having a charity or running a support group or some aspect, I wanted to find a way. And this just happened to be my way. So jewelry wasn't really a choice. It but like it was the business plan. I guess what I'm getting at too, I think is unique. It's not like there was this grand business plan and you know, you and your There's friends no from plan. Harvard, right. Or writing it out. And it just happens to be jewelry. I mean, this just sometimes it just happens. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't it, like I said, it never was meant to be a business. It wasn't supposed to be anything. It was supposed to be just relief for my mental health. And it just turned into this whole thing. It's <laughs> what wow. it is now. So yeah. I want to get back to that, but I want to kind of go yeah. before that, if we can, I know you're pretty raw Absolutely. and you're pretty transparent, I think. And so mm -hmm. talk to us about, and to our listeners about the, the days when you said you wanted to kill yourself, like what was a typical day like? So you wake up, walk us through that. 
Oh yeah, it was real odd. Um, from like what I can remember to the to the best of my ability, I was on a lot of pharmaceutical drugs given to me at that time. So everything feels a little foggy from about 2014 below once they put me on all those drugs. But it was very basic. I mean, people will say, well, we saw you traveling in that time frame. And it was like, I had to travel with a whole family of people. And every time I left or I went to an airport, there'd be a meltdown. Like there was no, there was like, oh, you went on vacation. It was like, I literally was not there. My brain, my body was physically there, but I was not there. So I would wake up, I would wake up and then I would lie in bed. And then that would be the day. And then I would cry. And then I would almost feel like I was getting feelings again, but then realized that like everything was so numb. And I make jokes about being dead inside because I truly know what that feels like to have every single emotion, feeling, and, and, and even tactile touch. Nothing felt like anything, wow. nothing. So how did you get uh, through that? I mean, I mean, you don't just like all of a sudden wake up, ah, yeah, kumbaya. So like, how do you do that? If only, right? Um, I, yeah, I was very, very, and I say very lucky because I had a support system. When I got injured in Afghanistan, due to the fact that my injury was sustained while in active combat, they had a paper trail. So yep. because of it, they sent me home to the hospital early and that paper trail followed me because I was not a vet who developed PTSD after being home for a year, two or three, and then tried to prove what happened to me. I actually had a support system built in because veteran affairs realized they had enough documentation to take me on and, and give me a doctor. So when I got home to the hospital, they put a lot of people on me. I had like two doctors doing medication. I had one doctor doing psychotherapy, whether that be EMDR, talk therapy, or even, um, uh, what's it called when they hypnosis, like those types of things. And then they decided after six months, after not calling me or contacting me that they were going to retrain me. And so they sent me to the range to be a person who clears the ranges. And the fun fact about that is active combat sounds a lot like ranges. It's not ideal, man. Uh, no, it doesn't sound like no. it. And so they sent me two half days a week and uh, I would do that. And um, it was going okay. And I had doctor appointments, checkups. So people were on top of me. Um, and then uh, it got to the point where finally they're like, okay, we're going to let her go clear a grenade range. And for whatever reason, the grenade range was like, I can, I can feel my body getting antsy. Um, the grenade range was the catalyst and the break point for the military realizing I was not retrainable. I went to go up to the sand. And if you don't know what a grenade range is, it is essentially a concrete wall that two people stand behind. And on the other side is just a massive sand pit, like as wide as it can go, because it absorbs the shock. So for me, I had went to step onto the sand to clear, and I physically was paralyzed, I couldn't move. And all of a sudden, my whole body was in Afghanistan, and I broke and I buckled to my knees. And I just sat there and I couldn't move. And one of the guys came over and helped me get back into the truck and was like, Okay, we'll go back. We went back and then I guess paperwork was written up and they said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do my job. And they said, at this time, we don't think that's feasible and or doable for you and your mental state. And I said, well, I'd like to move anyway. Could you repost me out to British Columbia? And then maybe I will find a better team and I might, you know, whatever. Because at the time, that's where my boyfriend, who's my husband now, was. And that's where I wanted to be, where I felt supported. Sure. And they said, no. 
we're medically releasing you and on your own recognizance. And um, here's your doctor. And if you want to continue, you can reach out to this doctor in British Columbia. Otherwise, your only coverage that you will get is for PTSD related issues. So like my shoulder that's not attached or my knee that I've had surgery on, none of that's covered. None of that will be looked after the rest of my life. The only thing I'm entitled to is therapy and pharmaceutical drugs and cannabis, which I had to fight. I almost gave you the finger. I had to fight for. I had to fight for really aggressively. So wow. Well, thank yes. you for sharing that. That's uh, oh, anytime. That's, so, so what would you? So obviously, you went through the dramatic stuff, you know, in war. And so, what about yeah. the person that's driving down the road right now? And they're like, "Gosh, yeah, you know, I have my dark days, or I have anxiety, or I get into a workroom and I feel the same thing." Right? You felt on a grenade deal. They're feeling mm-hmm. at work. What advice yeah. would you have for them? Well, there's two things. Uh, number one would always be if you're feeling like that or you're getting hints of that, immediately start talking about it to someone, your spouse, your friend, your family. I don't care if it's a stranger on the street. Talking to somebody and letting it out that you're struggling with something heals people, whether they realize it or not. Yep. Um, that talk therapy, that isn't a, a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, we're in a time where things are very expensive and not everybody has access to those things. So that's why I say, I don't care if it's a stranger on the street, how you right. do it. Not great. Not great. Life sucks right now. And if they just look at you like you're absolutely crazy, that's okay. But you told someone and you didn't hold it in and you did not bottle it. Yep. Um, that right there is a huge thing. Number two, for me, when it comes to things like that, as hard as it is, and this sounds so simplistic, and I realize being in this position before, it is not. Get up and move your body. You need to move your body. If you stay stagnant, your mental health will decline more. You need to move your body to allow for your blood flow to go up to the brain, to give yourself a chance. Your serotonin reuptake and all of these things are great when you're on an SSRI, which is an antidepressant. But if you're not on an SSRI any longer and you start to feel those things slope down, move your body, talk to somebody about it, but don't sit there and suffer in a dark room by yourself and allow those voices to replay and go down into a spiral to the point where you can't help yourself any longer. Try not to get to that point if you can help it. Yeah, I think too, if let's put you, I'm just going to use this as an example, I think, For but sure. let's say you were like at a level 10, there may mm-hmm. be somebody at a level two or three, right? They have a little bit of anxiousness mm-hmm. and and it's still, I think those two topics are great. And I, and I would agree. I've, I've dealt with anxiousness and nervousness most of my life and not to the extreme of what you dealt with or, you know, it wasn't, oh, or just, it's just my DNA, right? It's who I am. But it's funny, the, the more I've shared that struggle, the more I've found that other people deal with it as well. And then you have that, you have that common bond, right? Yeah. And, and then you get that phone call. Hey man, I'm struggling with this yep. and I know you struggle with it too. Can you help? And, and those things happen way more often when you're sharing and it does release that anxiousness that I've had by talking mm-hmm. about it. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It doesn't have to be this huge, you know, $500 an hour psychologist. This can just be a friend. This can just be somebody right. you can trust. And, and even to that, I mean, there's always more things, but there's a strategy that was taught to me by Dr. Passy, who is my, I consider him one of my gods because he's gotten me to where I'm at. And he, you know, one of the big things that we do in the vet community, especially is awareness. So if you feel yourself getting anxious, give me five things that are around you. Okay. Out of those five things, what color are those? What are those colors? One's brown. Okay. One's wood. Okay. What do those feel like? So I'm saying, so as simply as I've got my journal, my yep. phone, a book, yep. my water bottle, yep. Yep. and a pen. A book. What's a book feel like? Well, that book feels smooth. 
That book has edges. That book's heavy. Okay, next. What's this paper feel like? It's smooth as well, but it's also textured on this side. But it's now all of a sudden your brain isn't going, (sighs) it's going, I'm focused on something. And that works when you're in, you're in a situational um, situation that you're finding yourself triggered or you're finding yourself uh, struggling, just being in that room, try to do, you know, the four in, the four out. Now let's look around, pick five things, pick four things, pick three, who cares? Pick a couple things though to focus on and really hone in on those. And you will find your anxiety will deplete naturally on your own without you even realizing it's happening. That's that's worth $500 an hour right there. We're done. Right Podcast that's is it. over. What can I say? <laughs> I've done I've done 10 years of psychotherapy every I've done everything. I'm that guy that's done everything and I'm telling you right now as simple as that sounds, it's one of the best techniques. Isn't that amazing? I can see that because your brain focuses on the, the bad, right? The really bad Correct. stuff. You said your breathing's wrong, your heart rate's up. Yeah. And now I start to di- diversify my thoughts if you will, and uh, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So, no so what's the mission today? So now we, we go back to where we're at. We have Brass and Unity. You found mm-hmm. these crystals and now you started to say, hey, I like this. And my husband's teaching me about the business. And mm-hmm. now here you are, you've got your own podcast. You've got other stuff we won't talk about in, in the makings and just yeah. now what? Uh, yeah. Now what? Well, if it were <laughs> up to me, it'd be world domination, but apparently right. that is not, that is not allowed. I'm the person who's going to reach real, real far. And uh, I I know I'm going to get there because I have that part of me that I'm just, no, I don't take no for an answer. And I think, yes, there's a place to take no for an answer, but then you'll find the, the door on the other side and go around, go around and take and, and yeah. you know, shove it down their throat that way. Because either way, yeah. I'm coming for the world and I'm coming in a way that I'm hoping is not only going to change, you know, my life, my family's life, but I w- my goal is to start my own foundation one day. That is truly what I hope for. We donate 20% of our net proceeds to all these veteran organizations all over the world. But eventually, I would like to be the organi- organization that does this work and wholeheartedly does it in a way that I think can, it can be done more efficiently, more effectively, not only based on science that has come out since you know we've been in Afghanistan since 2000 and God knows what, Um what are we on like the, the 15 year long war, 18 year long war? It's ridiculous. Um, so I hope to be able to help in that moving forward when it comes to, you know, we don't have to always drug our soldiers. Why don't we talk about other ways to fix problems? Like there are ways and I want to be at the forefront of that. I want to be able to fund science. I want to be able to fund things that are going to make the true difference and not just say we're making the difference. And I want to, you know, I want my book one day to be a bestseller. I want it to be a bestseller so I can donate the proceeds. I just want to grow a platform to allow for others to know that suicide doesn't have to be the option, which there's so many vets doing that. So it's absolutely incredible. But I also want to be in an example. I'm a five foot, 110 pound person who worked with men triple my size, loaded rounds that size. Your size, your your look, your ability does not define what you have to be later down the road. And even though I am this small, I want to be remembered as the seven foot giant that took on this industry in a way to help. And that's all I want to do is help work, work hard and help harder, period. That's my goal. I love that. I think you're going to do it. You can hear it in your voice and your passion. Well, I'm not going anywhere. So people can keep saying that. <laughs> hell trying, right? But, but you know, they're just going to waste their time. <laughs> so I always like to kind of go back, before, you know, the yin and the yang of that yeah. stuff. So I 100% believe that, that you will do that. 
but we're also human beings and we're not perfect. And there's those days that, yeah, right now you're on a podcast, you're fired up. It's easy to say that, but then you go home or you're in your car and you're by yourself and you've got this thing up here, right? Your brain, if you're listening to this, I'm pointing at it. Mm-hmm. You've got this brain that may, maybe you don't, but most people struggle with that, what I would call self-defeating thinking or that self, Absolutely. right? I still have that every well, so, day. Perfect. And that's what I wanted to hear. So, uh, so talk to us about that. You hear that. I want this, right? But this little thing on my shoulder over here is saying, you can't do that, Kelsey. You're this five foot, nothing, oh. you know, hundred yeah. pound, blah, blah, blah. Right. And the, and the story yeah. goes on. How do you yeah. get over that? Yeah. I don't know that you ever get over that. I think you manage it. I think you keep that thing at bay. I think one of the biggest things for me to keep that, I call it, I call it my crazy side, but to keep that side of me that struggles with uh, the anxiety, the depression, the PTSD and the triggers, you know, those, that, that thing that sits there, that's never going to go away. I just look at it and say, Hey, Hey, there's gotta be a compromise here. Cause if we both don't get on the same page, there's going to be none of us. So mm-hmm. I like to do things that help keep that at bay. I like to work out. I like to go to yoga. I like to keep my mind right. I like to use cannabis because it works for my treatment. I like to spend time with my family and my kids. But most importantly, I like to learn healthy self-talk. And now the one thing my doctor always taught me is in, to put it, you know, the tools in the toolbox, as they say, is it's one thing to self-talk, but it's, it's not going to work if you're not consistent. So mm. you can have that voice. I wake up every morning and that is one of the things I struggle with is you're, you know, you want all these things, you're willing to work for all of these things, but it just might not work out for you. It's like, well, really? But why wouldn't it work out for me? Why not me? Why mm-hmm. not me? I ask it a question back when it's like, yeah, it's not for you. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to get there. It's, you know, you're just from a small town. You're like a farm family, like come from like modest. It's like, why do you think you deserve X, Y, and Z? And all these other people don't. It's like, I don't deserve more than they do, but I owe it to myself to try. And if I don't try, then what are we doing here? Right. I talk back to it, argue back with yourself. Well, why not? What's it going to say? Oh, uh, right. I, I don't nothing. know. Nothing. Why not? Why not me? Why not us? Why can't we talk to ourselves better? Yeah. I have hard days. I have a four-year-old that broke me about two days ago. I'm not kidding. He broke me and crying on the kitchen floor. And he broke my husband and I. And you know what that's like. You have kids. And when they break you, that's hard to come back from for a minute because they reach into your heart and they just tear you apart. Grab that soul. Oh my God. He did it. It was horrific. It was the worst day I had ever had with my son. But then I was able to wake up the next day. And when I I said, I heard it go, you're going to have to go deal with that bullshit and you don't want to deal with that. So why don't we just lie in bed? And I went, because if I was able to push a human out of me, I can handle the human (laughs) I pushed out of me. Right. You don't have to let all. I'm in charge here. Damn it. Uh, I am the I am the captain now, Brett. Right. And that's all I tell myself is I am not kidding when people are like, I have a hard day. I have them too. I have them more often than not. Like my team around me, Brett, will tell you, I am sometimes the worst, most negative, hardest person on myself. But shut it all down. It's not worth it. I go that far. Yeah. But you have to know that you can do it too. It doesn't matter what you go through. You You just have to have a little bit of want, just a little bit, just a little bit to argue I back. Love that. I love that. So I, I call it, and I've got this thing everywhere. I call it my strategic think time and it's my black journal. Okay. Yeah. And this thing's everywhere because it's got so much stuff in it. And so that's for me, when I'm feeling like that, I kind of run mm-hmm. to journal time, right? Of yep. doors, turn off the phone, 
and it's me and I, all right, how do we get out of this? Because I call it the bounce back theory. The, the most successful people I know or have the now privilege to interview, mm-hmm. they bounce back from rejection like that, right? Like yeah. you, get, you get bad news and it may suck. It may ruin the day for a moment and you may want to go home and cry, but I guarantee you that Kelsey Sharon gets right back up and goes and punches it back in the face and moves on, right? And most people don't do yeah. that. And so when you hear me say that, or that bounce back theory, what are your thoughts? I think there's uh, an aspect to that I totally agree with. I think we're all built differently from a biological chemistry standpoint. And everybody, whether it's nature versus nurture, is going to have a different outlook on how they handle situations. And I think a lot of that bounce back theory, uh, I agree with. I think there are some people, though, that are just predisposed and wired a different way. And it's it's no fault of their own. But I do think sometimes those people might need a little more help, even temporarily in the beginning of getting better, or hearing no, they might just need a little bit more of a sensitive approach to how they get themselves back up and get moving. Me, I've just been literally physically kicked in the face since I've been four years old. Like, that's just what I do. Somebody has come to my dojo and kicked me in the face on repeat every single day, twice a day until I was about 13. And then again, when later on, I just don't have quit. My mom always taught me, my dad always taught me can't isn't a word. They cut it out of the dictionary. I don't even know that it exists. And that's because she, my family grew up, I, they were predisposed to this idea, you know, they had a harder life, no running water, immigrant family, that sort of thing after the war. And then my mom and dad instilled it in me that literally nothing can be as bad as it was for them. And they can't, it can't be like truly. And my mother always said, you just keep moving. You get up, you get kicked in the face, you get knocked down, you get up. But I was predisposed to that nature versus nurture my entire, you know, childhood. So that's just how I feel I'm wired. Some people are not like that. And that's okay too, though. And I think that's the difference is people will bounce back. Some people just need a little more time. Yep. I love that. I love that. So if somebody said to you, Hey, I need Kelsey's one thing, right? Your one piece of business in your everyday life. And and we can cheat a little bit and have more than one. But if somebody said you got one, what is it? What's, what's that one piece of advice? In, 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 in terms of just in terms of like all, all, all we'll say this, we'll say that be the best version of yourself. That, so that one piece of advice and then also be the the best business, you know, man or woman that you can possibly be like that one nugget that somebody could take away and implement today into their business. This is one I've learned over the past five years. And I wish I knew in the first year of business, dear God, don't be married to your ideas Mm. and be willing and be willing to see, uh, have an open mind and see others for, you know, see the other side, because I think it is a detriment to others when all they see is, no, this is the way it is. And this way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be right. This is my vision. It's going to work. And over five years, I've learned really, really quickly the hard way. The more married you to your ideas are, the, the more you're up to fail. You're up to fail. Truly, I feel that way, but that's me. I love that. That's yeah, great. That's- so then uh, talk to us today about habits, rituals, the, the no-miss items in, in Kelsey's life. What are those? Cannabis. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with that hard. I'm okay with saying that. I'm an advocate, been ha- been an advocate before it was legal, never used it in high school or college, have strictly only ever used it for treatment, gone off of 10 different pharmaceutical medications down to almost off of all of them because of it, actually, at wow. this point. 
So uh, that's your number one. Number two, uh, for me, uh, you can't got to have a water bottle somewhere. You got to have water somewhere, water somewhere. Always have water with you. Drink more water. Um, uh, Another one would be for me, you got to at least get five to 10 minutes of meditation a day. Mm. You got to you got to have some you got to be able to look inward for at least 10 minutes a day and go, okay, this is for me. I, I don't care what has to happen, but this needs to be for me. Cause I never used to look after myself. It's a big one. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. Is, so I'm part of made for it's a uh, thing. Uh, Blake McCoskey from Tom shoes started it and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah. one of the things, one of them is water. Here's the water bottle they sent. Yes, sir. Here is the meditation timer that they sent. It's uh, it's got a timer. It's like five, 10, 15, 20, 25. And you set this timer. I've been meditating for years, but it, it, it's these little things, right? Drink a lot of water exercise, move your body, yes. breathe, right? Make sure yes. you're getting proper food in your system. And, and oh, it's so important. Yeah. I, like yeah. nutrition, nutrition for people. They don't, I've seen what it does to a four-year-old with sugar. Like you don't need it. Right. Cut right. it out. You can't, but, but truly, honestly. And um, for me, it's, yeah, you know, I, very, very simplistic things. I, you'll always hear me jingling. You'll always know I'm coming. I always wear my hat. It's like my shield of protection. I feel like it's my beret in the military. It's my safe space. I won't go without it. But for me, it's just, you know, meditate, give yourself some time, be kind to yourself, drink some water and move your fucking body. I love it. That's awesome. So um, if, I, if you had to tell yourself, give yourself some advice and go back oh. maybe five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever you want to do, what, what advice would you have for that, Kelsey? Oh, keep your head down because you are in for a whirlwind kid because honestly keep your head down and keep moving forward and know that it will get better. That sounds cheesy and lame and ridiculous, but I think it's one thing to say to someone, you know, what's the piece of advice you'd give them. I think in all things that I, aspects that I've been in my life, marriage, child, uh, loss of a child, business, um, war, whatever you may be mental health struggles. I think that the biggest thing is always put one foot in front of the other and know that tomorrow is a new day. It is so important, especially when you are as low as I've been. You have to know that tomorrow is a new day. And as long as you put one foot in front of the other, everything will be fine. What's been your biggest learning from this uh, crazy pandemic that we're living in right now? What's, uh, what's been your biggest learning? Uh, My biggest learning is, (laughs) this is recorded. Um, (laughs) Two things. We can always edit it out, but let it rip. No, let it rip. Uh, I never thought I would say this, but uh, uh, I lost a little bit of faith in my own government um, and their ability to trust science. So my biggest learning curve really would have been learn to filter out the noise, stop watching the news and be willing to look inward for when you're struggling because there are the divorce rate over COVID has been like increasingly high. And I think it's because everybody is now realizing that when they're all together, they don't know how to communicate. Communication is the most important thing I can ever instill in a child or a friend or somebody who doesn't know how to communicate about their feelings, what's going on in their life will only you know, struggle, we'll only continue to struggle. Um, so for me, COVID, the real learning curve is, you know, being, being willing to pivot business wise, that was massive. We pivoted at the very beginning of COVID because all of my retailers shut down, all of my retail locations over 200 gone, wholesale was gone, online stopped, we had no income and nothing coming in. 
And for overhead companies, that was real crazy. We pivoted. We realized we can't do anything sitting here. So what can we do? Well, our factory makes masks. Cool. Let's get our medical license to import masks to Canada. Great. Imported 200,000 masks for hospitals in Ontario. Perfect. So we did our part. But also, we didn't make a dime. What we did is we charged the government exactly what it would cost to make these masks. And we sent it over. So the cash went into the account and went right back out. But it still went in and it kept us afloat for the amount of time we needed to, to then be able to pivot and get our online up and running the way we needed it to be. So you just, you got to be willing to move. Don't be married to your ideas. Move. Yeah. Think, think on your feet. And I, and I love that when you say think and think on your feet is, is like sometimes again, it just happens, right? The jewelry piece just happens. And then this yeah. mask thing is this, I think I'm guilty of it. Maybe others are guilty of it too. It doesn't have to be this perfect process. No. <laughs> To get it done, when when your feet are, you know, you're walking on fire, you got to move fast. And so you were walking on fire and you had to move. Well, the idea of ever having to, you know, I we've lost so many small businesses. We've lost so many companies. And really the only people pulling out of this ahead are the large corporations. And so you're seeing all of this, you know, just, just destruction happen. And the idea that that could have been me was just not something at the time I was willing to accept. I'm too damn stubborn to lie down. Right. I just, my own detriment, but you know, we made it through, we're here, we're moving again. And if that happens again, we'll figure it out. But I was never letting anybody go. Nobody needed to suffer more in my circle than, than everyone else had already had. Well, I'm not wearing a hat, but hats off to you for doing that. Nice work. Uh, so I steal your cell phone over there. I think I can see it right over there. I steal that from you and I'm going to yeah. delete an app, not email because you got to have that for some work stuff. But if I'm going to delete, yeah. what, what's the one app on there you don't want me to delete? Oh, my calendar. <laughs> I need my calendar. I've learned that the hard way. Oh my gosh, don't delete my calendar. You can delete everything else except for my photos because we have pictures of my babies. But That's right. delete everything else. Delete social media. Delete the banking apps. Delete, uh, I, I don't even have much on this thing, but uh, delete everything. Just give me my Your phone calendar. My, and my calendar. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. That's very simple. I like it. Um, last question for you. I, I, I've been asking this question for hundreds of guests and I've not asked it the last few for some reason, but I'm going to go, I'm going to bring it back. It's an oldie, but a goodie, but the fears we've all put fears in our mind, right? <laughs> yeah. A thousand, a trillion, a million, whatever <laughs> of them. How many of the fears that you have put in your mind have actually come true to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? For those of you yeah. listening, she's holding up a big fat zero in front of the camera. A zero. Big old zero. I could write it with a pen on a piece of paper. I'd slap it up against it because I feel like you are your own worst enemy. You really are. You're your own worst. You can be your best friend or your own worst enemy. And I'm telling you right now, no fear is as bad as you make it out to be, especially when it happens in real life. You know, we all have those fears of losing our children or something happening to a loved one or things like that. But I'm telling you right now, the, the stuff I used to put on myself and the way I used to think, nothing has ever come remotely close to my own fears. I've allowed my own fears sometimes to hold me back. And I learned, especially this year, why? What, what else can happen? If I can make it through this, I can make it through anything. What else can happen? Yeah, you're right. And I think too, when I hear that, I, I, I just replay the last, you know, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is we've been talking of. Been that long? That's already? I know, Jeez. right? Time flies when you're having fun. Um, yes, sir. But, you know, from a person that wanted to literally kill themselves every day in, in these mm -hmm. dark, 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 dark spots, you still hold up the big fat zero because it mm -hmm. doesn't ever shouldn't say ever, but it rarely blows up to the magnitude. We put it right up here in our mind to be. 
our mind is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it can also be the scariest place in the whole wide world sometimes. Literally. Literally. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, uh, and the suicide, I just want to make a note of that for people too, because like, oh, well, you're doing all of this and you, you feel fine now. It's like no chance, no chance. Uh, there was, I broke last month. There was a point where there was a day where I was very suicidal and I couldn't be left alone. This is last month. Right. But you, you got to understand that everything ebbs and flows. And if you can realize that it ebbs and flows, you'll realize that even when you're in that bad ebb, the flow will come and you'll come back out. It's only temporary. This only temporary. shall pass. So yes, where sir. do our listeners find more of uh, Kelsey Sharon? Oh, God. Um, well, apparently I had to start a personal page. So I got, uh, you've got my Instagram at Kelsey, K-E-L-S-I-E underscore Sharon. Then you've got uh, at Brass and Unity on all platforms. Uh, the Brass and Unity podcast is you can find on all platforms as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're around. We're on Facebook. We, we do the, the Twitter twatter thing. We're, we got the stuff. That's good. We'll find you on there. We'll put it in the show notes. I got to ask you too. I saw on your website, you got like what Kevin Hart and Ellen DeGeneres and all these people wearing your jewelry. Yes. How's sir. that happen? Got, uh, <laughs> really? really? Sat down at a table uh, in Las Vegas when I was pregnant. I went and I backpacked a trade show that I knew nothing about that you weren't allowed to do that in. I was uh, four months pregnant, went to Las Vegas, walked through the trade show at Magic, stopped people in the hallway on their way to their buying appointments, pulled out sample line sheets and was like, hey, you want to carry my stuff? Signed 10 accounts, went to dinner one night, happened to be sitting down at dinner. Someone sat down beside me, happened to be Jesse Tyler Ferguson's husband, Justin Makita. Justin goes, love your stuff, love to talk to you. I'm like, cool, chatted the next day. Calls me a month later. I got a friend named Beth Bears that really likes your stuff. Would you ever want to do a collection with her? Sure, why not? Next thing you know, the Thursday. Hey, Kelsey, they got a spot on Ellen's 12 Days of Giveaway. Would you ever want to be on it? Can you get us product by Friday? No sure. problem. You just don't say no. You find a way to make it work. And somebody asks you to do something in business, you say yes, and then you figure it out afterward. You never say no to an opportunity. Never, never, never. I love that. That is great advice. That is great advice, Thank Kelsey. You, well, it's been awesome having you and uh, such a privilege. You've got an amazing story and uh, you're going to do amazing things in life and you already are Thank and you're you. going to continue to make a huge impact. So we'll share where to find you. You know, if there happens to be maybe a book or anything like that, that just happens yeah, to come out in the future, we will send them your way and maybe you'll come back and join us on the show when it's out. If it's out. I will come anytime you would like me, Brad. I have had a great, great conversation with you. I've never been asked some of these questions. And so you stumped me and I love it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Brett. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.